And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our show is going to focus exclusively on how to optimize your physical health. Our featured guest is brilliant. She is a graduate of the top of her class. She's an award-winning chemical engineer. She's also a best-selling author, and she's got a profound insight on how the human body works, and her body of work is just coming to light this year, so I'm very excited about that. And You have to look at your body as your car for this life experience, and when your car is functioning at its peak level, you get a chance to experience life to the fullest. So I think it's great to, to, to have people like her on our program and to explore other areas. Yes, we focus on freedom. Yes, we focus on metaphysics and we focus on what's happening. But I think it's always good to, to realize that we're in this body. So let's uh, keep the body strong and let us begin tonight's show. It is a great joy and honor to welcome to our show is Christine Heronic. She is a three-time fitness champion. She's the founder of a thriving company. She's also a soon-to-be best-selling author. And on top of that, her YouTube channel has 25 million views. She's helped 40,000 men and women positively transform their physical lives and mental lives. Ms. Veronica, welcome to our show. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, so... First off, everyone knows that I'm a three-time refrigerator champion, and you are a three-time <laughs> fitness champion, so we are going to have a contrast of ideals and ideas, and your new book, which I've read, How to Unlock Your Macro Type, I think it's terrific because it teaches you that there isn't a one size that fits all for the body. So what is it about your book that you think has got some pretty groundbreaking information, at least according to some of these other people who have read it that are echoing that? Yeah. So the thing with Unlock Your Macro Type is it's a journey in self-discovery. Any diet book that was ever written worked wonderful for the person who wrote it. But the problem is, how do you know if that's right for you? And I'm using a macronutrient approach to nutrition. What that means is macro is short for the word macronutrients. All food are, make up, are made up of macronutrients, and it's what your body requires in large quantities. And there are three of them. Your body requires proteins, your body requires carbohydrates, and your body requires fats. All food is made up of, of one of those three things. It can't be anything else. So if you're just if you're trying to lose weight, most people just start, they dive right in and just go cutting calories. But the composition of the calories that you consume matters. And in Unlock Your Macro Type, I help you figure out the best way to gauge the best way to fuel your unique body. Some people do best being fat-fueled. Others do best being primarily carb-fueled, and other folks do best being protein-fueled. 
And it's going to depend based off of the bio-individuality of the person. Okay, so why would a person have such a dramatically different functioning to another person? Because my understanding is that, okay, if you eat less calories and you work out more, isn't that mathematically speaking you're supposed to lose weight? Like why would what a person consumes as far as fat, as far as protein, as far as carbohydrates, why would that uh, have such a strong variance to an, to each person based on the body type? So the big key and the biggest gap for that is carb tolerance. Carb tolerance is hands down the single biggest factor that dictates how people need to eat, how people need to eat. And carb tolerance, it's a spectrum, right? So on one end of the spectrum, we have folks who are type 2 diabetic, folks with thyroid issues, hormone imbalances, um, insulin resistance. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have individuals who are hard gainers. They have very high metabolisms. They can eat and eat and eat and eat and does not gain a pound to save their life. So where you fall on that spectrum depends on your glucose metabolism. And there are ways that we can gauge um, how that responds in the individual level. And uh, to make a distinctive note, for all of you out there that can eat and eat and eat and never gain any weight, just know that no matter how nice you are, everyone hates you. Every, everyone absolutely is jealous and hates you. <laughs> no, because we know those people. Because I know, I know, I know somebody who can have, you know, ice cream sundae and be fine. Oh, I lost two pounds after an Like, Stop it. Stop it. Mm -hmm. That has got to be something weird about that. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. But you talked about carb tolerance. Now, what is the comparable difference between carb tolerance and insulin resistance? I mean, if you, is carb tolerance meaning that you can consume a lot of carbs and not feel full? Is that similar to insulin resistance where your body keeps on telling you that you're hungry, that you need more? I mean, is there, are they one and the same? Or are they dramatically different? Um, there's a little bit of context. So insulin resistance specifically is a scenario where your cells are non-responsive to insulin. Insulin is the messenger hormone that shuttles glucose out of the blood and into the cells. Glucose is the simplest form of the carbohydrate molecule. All carbohydrates are, you know, chains of glucose molecules. It's a single unit of carbs, and it's going to break down into glucose in the blood once you eat. Now, the problem is once your blood sugar goes up, again, which is your blood glucose, your body cannot stay in an elevated blood sugar state. So the pancreas releases the insulin hormone to facilitate shuttling glucose out of the blood and into the cells where it can be used as practical energy. So when you eat a carbohydrate, the average person thinks that the end user of that energy is like your stomach, but the end user is actually your cells. So the problem is if your body is not able to get the glucose into the cells because your cells are insulin resistant, your body is actually starving on a cellular level and you ate food but your brain doesn't get the signal that you ate because why? Your cells did not receive any usable energy. So this creates an even bigger problem. So now you have all this glucose in the blood. Your cells are starving. Your body's going to take all that glucose if you're insulin resistant, store it as fat, and your brain still has the signal, hey, guys, I'm still hungry because your cells did not receive energy. So it, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare if that's, if that's the case. Oh, thank you for, for bringing it out and 
to come right back that you've got these several different macro types for people they can utilize and figure out what works for them. But I mean, on a general scale, I guess maybe a lot of people don't get some uh, crucial nutrition. What are like four or five types of foods that people that can begin eating right now that would give them a lot of necessary nutrients? I mean, like maybe, and also at the same time, what are three major nutrients that most people seem to be lacking that they could be improving on right away? So first and foremost, people definitely need to be getting enough protein. Protein is definitely going to keep you full and satisfied. It's going to help the generation of muscle tissue. It's going to help a lot of organs. It's going to help in so many ways. Definitely elevating the protein intake is going to be fantastic. The second thing is going to be increasing your fiber content. Fiber is so underrated because it is excellent for gut health. It is great for regularity, but not only those two things, it helps you feel full and satisfied longer. The amount of volume that fiber takes up in the intestines, it really keeps you full. And after those two things, I would probably say the next most important nutrient people are going to need, it's probably going to be either like some B vitamins or or vitamins as well because those things are really essential for good immune health and with everything going on in the state of the world these days um, your immune system can never be strong enough thank you i'm glad you you brought that up and to come back to what you said about protein and we, we've spoken before and you've recommended that i consume more protein and i do and i have to say it's just from first-hand experience that protein has definitely caused me to to not be as hungry even though I still eat at that ungodly hour, four o'clock in the morning. It's just that's my body's. But I'm eating less, but I'm also eating broccoli. And <laughs> speaking of broccoli, just curious, you know, when it comes to vegetables, when it comes to other foods, what are a couple foods that you can eat a lot of and not really worry about gaining a lot of weight on? So I actually, in my book, I talk about a whole category of foods that I consider to be free foods. So free foods are things that I let my clients eat freely without tracking. Just so there's, if you're ever feeling a little bit hungrier or you just want to eat something, things that you can eat freely without having to really track or pay much attention to. So cucumbers, celery, leafy greens. And I say cucumbers, that also includes dill pickles. And I am a huge fan of dill pickles, especially like the crunchy, garlicky, salty kinds. Now, some people right away start worrying about the sodium content. And while sodium will cause water retention if you overdo it, the thing is, the water retention from sodium is temporary. It's not real weight gain, but you can have like these jumbo dill pickles. They're very, very filling. They're only like five calories. So things like that, leafy greens. I have my clients make some kale chips. I'll tell people they can do some bell peppers. Now carrots, I'd say that too, but again, people can obviously take this to an extreme and get really crazy with it, but I feel like, you know, you're not going to become obese from eating too many carrots all right i'm gonna start eating some carrots and i'll give you i'll report to you on a regular basis what happens pickles are pretty good because <laughs> I, I do snack i do snack on pickles a lot but i have to stop mm-hmm. dipping them in, in hummus which is probably not you know, very positive you know there are a lot of people that have written books about health and nutrition and they say okay well this is a, a diet that you should try the one thing i really admire and appreciate about your body of work christine is that 
it's not a fad diet. It's not like a flash in a pan thing. You mm-hmm. actually have done a lot of scientific research, which I think is incredibly unusual, especially among other people in your field. Can you please uh, tell our audience about your methodology, your thought process, your scientific ways of coming to the conclusions of how the body specifically works compared to other people out there that just say, try this diet, try this diet, try this way, and kind of throwing darts at the board, hoping something will stick? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you know, when you look at diet books, for instance, I even hate the word diet, but I mean, it is technically a way of eating, but I don't like what diet culture represents. So any diet book worked well for the person who wrote it. And that's wonderful. But the thing is, if you're going to universally apply the principles of what worked for you to other people, you need to understand the underlying biochemical responses as to why that was so effective. Now, for some folks, they just need to be in a caloric deficit, especially if you're a hard gainer, meaning you're one of those folks that we just talked about that, you know, with the high metabolism, you don't really have to struggle too much. I mean, those people should just not be writing books. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, and again, I'm joking, but it just, that is so not the norm. I, I work with people day in, day out, side by side, like really feeling their struggles, feeling their pain because they are working hard and they're not making it up. And I believe them when they tell me, Christine, I followed every single thing and they're not losing weight. So the thing is, like we really have to consider the individual. And I started off that way. I started off being in 2013. I was coming off of, you know, I'm really excited. I'm winning all my fitness competitions. I feel like I know what I'm doing. And I did know what I was doing and it was working great. However, once I started working with people that had a different macro type as me, different carb tolerance levels, different hormonal balances, different situations, I realized very, very quickly that I can't just give them the method that worked for me. And what worked for me is a protein-fueled macro type, which is very common to the bodybuilding industry, fitness competitors. People like J-Lo and The Rock eat a more protein-fueled approach to nutrition, just to give you guys some context of what I'm talking about. And again, that worked great for me. It's higher protein, a little bit lower fat, and moderate on the carbs. But then I had people who couldn't respond well to carbohydrates. I had other folks who needed more fat. I had other folks who, you know, their body couldn't handle that much protein. And the reality is I needed to do something about it. And over the last decade, I have worked with over 40,000 people since then and have quickly come to realize that there are other underlying biochemical relationships that need to be considered. They cannot be ignored. And I have enough data points to back that up based off of one-on-one experience as well as the literature. So um, that's definitely something that was considered in writing this book. And this book has actually been in the writing process for over seven years. It's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And it's not just something that I came up with overnight. It's not just some kind of quick little project. This is, you know, blood, sweat, and tears of a very large body of work. Helen, when you go through the book, you know, having read a lot of other health and fitness books before, it just flows. I mean, in the beginning, you're identifying how people can you know, find out what their macro type is on a love, how towards the end, you're also providing simplistic type you know, recipes based on the macro mm-hmm. type. But when a person decides or you, they've identified that, that, okay, 
in order for the body to operate at an optimal level, they have to have X amount of protein, X amount of fat, X amount of carbs mm -hmm. in there. But you have these other factors of, well, if they are stressed out and their body's producing an excessive amount of cortisol, or they're not getting enough mm -hmm. sleep, or they're eating quite mm -hmm. frequently. I mean, this is one individual that we both uh, respect, and that's Dr. Eric Berg. And Dr. Eric Berg, love how he always talks about insulin resistance. And one thing he talked about is he said, if you're eating a lot and snacking during the day, he says, you're, you're, you're jacking up your insulin resistance. So if people don't have good habits, if they are doing things that are constantly releasing cortisol in their body, if they're doing things that are constantly upgrading their insulin resistance by eating quite frequently, does that still allow the person's macrotype to work effectively or do they have to modify their macrotype to fit those bad habits in order to get a better result? So you don't have to necessarily um, change your macrotype. I think the context with regards to snacking and meal timing and those types of things, they still they need to be looked at holistically. And I do talk about meal timing. I talk about pre and post workout nutrition. I think that if you're going to start working towards eating for your macro type, all, all of the knowledge in the book is wonderful, but it doesn't turn into power until you actually take action and you actually start applying it. So I, I challenge people, you know, read up on it, see yourself, find yourself in the pages of the book. And from there, you know, I would invite people to do one of my challenges, do one of my plans, like, because it, it sounds great on paper, but you have to actually do it if you want to see the results. And a lot of people, this is so common, every time I get a new client and they start eating the food and they start really diving in, they're like, Christine, this is a lot more food than I thought. Are you sure? I get it all the time. I, I probably get it. I get this like every day. You sure I'm supposed to be eating this much? Yes. Are you sure this is more food than I was eating before? Is it, how am I going to lose weight? I'm like, trust me, like this is what your body needs. And the problem is this. There's a gap between how people are currently eating and the nutrients that their body needs. That gap, once that gap is closed in and you fuel your body properly, you're not hungry, you're not lethargic, you're not drained, and you're not missing anything. So many people think that, oh, they're going to miss cookies and cake and this and that and the other. The reality is when you're fueled properly, you might miss something like on an emotional level, but your body isn't lacking any good thing when you're fueling it properly. It'll be a miracle when I can open up the cabinet and not just become overcome with joy when I see Oreo cookies. That is another thing. I wish <laughs> that is the, uh, seriously, some foods, Christina, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I think some foods are made just for the amusement of other people to watch you just fall. Because <laughs> Oreo cookies, they just, they're just too good and they had to make the double stuffing on there. But, um, <laughs> you know, when it comes... You'd be surprised, seriously, yeah. Ryan, you'd be surprised of how good it feels. It's like, when you're finally free from cravings, like you literally just don't crave food, like you're fine. It, it's it's one of the most remarkable things you'll ever experience because that's one reason why so many people fail on diets because they feel hungry all the dang time. But when you don't feel physically hungry, you're fine. And it's actually a bizarre feeling because I, I know what it's like to be hungry all the time. Like I can eat, but when I'm eating for my macro type, I feel just fine. That's awesome. And, you know, I mean, Christy, I'm sure you could, if you feel comfortable doing this, but I mean, just can you talk just 
in general speaking, what are some of the greater benefits of being in shape? I mean, some people, they just, they chase after, you know, if they're hungry, they eat and they don't really uh, maximize their body, uh, their type. So what happens if they, they push really hard and they get in good shape? What is the, uh, what is the light at the end of the tunnel, shall we say, for, you know, committing and being disciplined? So, yeah, the, the, the thing is, I truly believe this as a core principle that discipline is the highest form of self-love. Uh, I mean that holistically, every which way, shape, or form. Like, and I can get into a laundry list of health benefits, but when you are truly disciplined and you are checking off the boxes and you are doing the things, what you're doing is you're living up to your potential. You are giving yourself the opportunity to experience the highest level and vibrate at the highest level that you were intended to be. And there is nothing on planet earth that can compare to that. Like, I don't care what anybody says because everybody has unique gifts and talents and strengths. And no matter what they are, if you're not disciplined, you're never going to experience that. And the discipline that so many people have, they just don't know how to apply it to food. And the thing is, People need to relearn food. And I know it sounds crazy, but like I work with grown adults. I mean, I work with people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s who are still relearning their body. And you know what? Once they relearn food, as silly as that sounds, and they get to this place where they're like, this is what my body needs. This is going to make me feel good. You don't miss out on anything. You really, honestly, it's like life begins when you truly start taking better care of yourself. Now, obviously, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more productive. You're going to think clearly. You are going to be able to burn more fat at rest. Your skin's going to look better. Your digestion's going to be better. Your libido's going to be better. Like, even for me, like, I know when I'm not eating right or if I'm, like, being sluggish or if I'm not exercising as much as I should be, I, I find myself getting really moody, getting really irritable. Like, I'm not I'm not pleasant to be around. It really affects us in so many ways. I find that like, not only am I able to think more clearly, I'm more creative. I'm like, you know, nicer. My energy's better. So there's just so many, so many intangibles. Okay. And I'm glad you pointed out those things because I don't think people realize how wonderful it is. I can just tell you firsthand experience. I got really passionate about fitness about five or six years ago. And I obviously mm -hmm. need to lose, you know, a couple more chins, a couple, you know, I definitely have to lose, you know, I definitely have a flat tire on my stomach, but I, doing it has been um, an adrenaline rush. And there's something about, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to weightlifting, I, I get that brain rush. And mm -hmm. if people out there cannot, or they're not motivated to do it because it may be really hard, where do you get that, um, that, that kick, the, uh, the endorphin kick? What are some of the exercises they can do? Because maybe if they get hooked on that, and they become addicted to that good feeling, maybe they, that'll carry them out. I mean, kind of utilizing the power of addiction in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, here here's my take on that. I, 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 could, I could say all that, but the reality is you can't wait until you feel motivated. You just have to take action, any small step in the right direction. And it's got to come from within, and it's got to come from a place that says, you know what, I want a higher quality of life and higher quality of life is not eating whatever whenever in excess and not gaining a pound the highest quality of life truly is when you are healthy and clear and sound and satisfied like you know so like 
health is where the truest quality of life is. It's not this level of freedom that you, people think that, oh, let me just eat whatever and I could not gain a pound because the reality is that doesn't actually make you feel better. What actually makes you feel better is when you're taking really good care of yourself and there's nothing that can compare to that. And I just challenge people to really ask themselves like, you know, what quality of life, what standard do I want for myself? Like, am I the type of person that, that wants, you know, an average existence? Do I want an excellent existence? And I think, you know, people are going to have to answer that question honestly for themselves. In my experience, I've seen that you're very driven. And the fact is that it's amazing that you have so many people on this planet, but very few really just have the drive and the, and the, you know, the courage to go after their dreams. Why do you pursue it? Why do you pursue your goals? Why do you pursue your dreams? And what do you think are some of the things that are holding some people back from achieving their dreams? So for me, I, I know deep down in my gut that I need to live up to my fullest potential. And I know I'm not even there yet. And I have this fire in my stomach every single day of my life to maximize my capacity because like, it's just there. It's just in me. I just know, I know what I'm capable of and I don't want to leave any cards left on the table. Like I want to live all the way, all the way out, do the thing. And I think that some, some people, maybe they don't believe in themselves. Some people, maybe they have some doubts, but for me, I would rather crash and burn and fail trying than be one of those people who won't even try at all. And I think that some of the most successful people that I've read books about, that I've, you know, Googled about and learned about and that I hope to one day meet and be in the same room with is there, you have to fail your way to success. You can't be afraid to make a mistake. And that's definitely one thing I have zero fear in making mistakes. Like I just don't because there's no such thing as a failure. You either grow or learn. Like that's it. Like that, those are the only options. And once you start looking at it and start stop taking away fear from failure out, like even if someone's like listening to this, thinking about doing the meal plan in the book or wanting to join the challenge, you can't fail. Like there's, there's no possible way to fail. You're going to grow. You're going to learn something. And if you mess up, get back up. Like that's it. Like some people just, overthink things and sometimes like there's some value in actually underthinking it a little bit honestly because <laughs> we can we can overthink ourselves into these rabbit holes that are just toxic and just I don't know man people just some people just need to take action agree it's Christine Heronic want to thank you so much for being with us today again Christine is a three-time fitness champion science scientist founder of Gage Girl Training and she's also author of a upcoming best-selling book actually it's out right now you can check it out called unlock your macro type identify your true body type understand your carb tolerance and accelerate fat loss we'll put a link to it i've read the book I, I love it and i've actually applied a lot of the techniques and for some of you who haven't seen me in a while and you see me in person you're going to say where did those three chins go you're only down to four right now so you definitely notice a dramatic improvement but uh, christine what is the best website for you so you guys can learn more about me on gaugegirltraining.com, G-A-U-G-E-G-I-R-L training. But you guys can pick up the book, Unlock Your Macro Type. It's available in hardcover, audiobook, and ebook. It's available on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, everywhere books are sold. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.